Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, to a new era of Locked On Dolphins. I, let's get the formalities out of the way, am not Travis Wingfield. My name is Kyle Krabs. I am your new host of Locked On Dolphins, and I am ecstatic to take the ball and run with it and build off of what Travis has been able to do with Locked On Dolphins over the course of of the past several years. We're very excited for him with his new opportunity, and I'm very excited to continue some core pillars of coverage that all of you are used to, courtesy of Travis and Locked On Dolphins. A little bit about myself. We're going to do the speed dating thing. We're going to tell you a little bit about me. You're going to decide whether or not you like me, and we're going to give this a shot. I was born in 1989, Central Pennsylvania, uh, my father and I, our family moved around the country and, and a very key impressionable window of my life, I lived uh, in the vicinity of the Miami Dolphins and, and latched onto the football team and never got off the ride. Um, so born in 89, was impressionable in the mid-90s, Dan was still there, life was good, I get older, Dan leaves. We don't really have a lot cooking, but I never get off the ride. I am a diehard Dolphins fan, have been for my entire life. And if you're not familiar with me and my works and what I do, uh, I'm on social media at Grinding the Tape. Uh, I am the managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com. So on a daily basis, I am used to finding four to five talking points and writing about the Dolphins. We now get to parlay that into an audio setting. I think it'll be a nice segue. I'm the former host of the Fin It to Win It podcast, which was a once-a-week podcast that ran throughout the course of the 2019 calendar year. And most importantly, for, the, for Dolphins fans over the course of the next several months, uh, my full-time employment. I'm a lead NFL draft analyst at thedraftnetwork.com. What does that mean? Well, as all of you know, over the course of the past 20 years, as you're growing up, the Dolphins are two games under 500 by the end of October, and you say, well, who's going to be in the draft that's going to help us turn it around? Being a Dolphins fan undoubtedly provided a catalyst for me to take a passion for the game of football, turn it into a hobby, which was scouting for the draft, because my team needed it to get better and my team never got better so I kept doing the draft stuff and it's actually become my full-time employment which is really really cool uh, so the draftnetwork.com that's me okay but we're not here to talk about me all day we're here to talk about the Miami Dolphins so let's dig right in uh the the first bit of news that we should touch on is this Carl 
Thorle situation because it really felt like the Dolphins put out a press release. They said, we've announced some changes to the coaching staff. They formalized all this shuffling of the deck. And the Dolphins weren't supposed to have a shuffle deck anyway, but they got one. And then they released the press conference and said, yeah, you know, we're, we're done changing coaches. You know, here's, here's what everybody's going to do for us this year. And I'll be damned if assistant head coach on the Miami Dolphins is not a cursed position in this regime. <laughs> because if you remember correctly, last time we had an assistant head coach, it was Jim Caldwell, who didn't coach a single game for the team and had some personal issues and took a leave of absence for the entire year last year. Jim wants to get back into coaching. Miami does the offensive coordinator swap. Jim leaves Miami without ever having coached a game. The Dolphins formalize their changes. Carl Doral becomes the new head coach or assistant head coach of the team. And now Carl Doral uh, is getting hired by the Colorado Buffaloes. And the Dolphins will again have a vacancy with their assistant head coaching position. Is it a huge deal? No. Is it annoying? Uh, definitely. And also, Carl Doral is the wide receivers coach and was the wide receivers coach last year. Uh, Carl Doral, about a decade ago, had that same position with the Dolphins, but. Uh, his work in Miami was much more felt this time, it feels like, because of the emergence of Devontae Parker. So now the Dolphins need to find a coach position coach who can parlay the successes of Devontae Parker, continue the, the messaging and the delivery of skills and tasks, similar to the way Doral did for the wide receiver group, and the Dolphins once again have to figure out, do we want to fill the assistant head coaching position, or do we want to let it lie yet again? And if they let it lie, let again. I have a little bit of advice. Don't try and fill it, because it hasn't gone well thus far. The other bit of news that jumped out to me over the course of this weekend was a report from Bleacher Report's Matt Miller uh, in which Matt cited some sources discussing the Dolphins and whether or not they were going to trade up from five, but also that the Dolphins have a, a way they would ideally like to use their second first-round pick. I'm going to read an excerpt from Matt's uh, Friday's weekly scouting notebook. Much time and space has been spent discussing the Miami Dolphins moving up from five to select quarterback to a Tonga Viola. But there hasn't been much talk about the team's second of three picks in the first round. I'm told by many evaluators connected to the Dolphins that general manager Chris Greer will want to keep number 18 overall to land an offensive tackle. Said one scout, quote, don't be surprised if they ultimately move up from 5 and 18 to get Tua and a tackle. Why have we not thought to discuss this before? I don't know about you. I don't know about Travis. I listen to Locked on Dolphins quite consistently. But I don't remember this being a point of discussion that anybody has had 
this show, in any of the conversations that I've had with my colleagues at the Draft Network, anything that I'd written about before for DolphinsWire.com. And now I can't seem to unwrap my head around it because it's really fascinating. The offensive tackle class and the landscape is fascinating because you have so many teams that are hungry for good offensive tackle play. It's a high-demand position. It's considered a blue-chip position, a, a pillar position in building a franchise. Dolphins don't have it. Jets don't have it. Browns don't have it. You could argue the Broncos don't have it at left tackle. Carolina Panthers don't have it. The LA Chargers don't have it. Arizona Cardinals signed DJ Humphreys, but I don't really think they've got it. There's a lot of teams that need good offensive tackle plays. So Miami, what if they did trade up from 18? It's not considered, but a very realistic possibility that needs to be discussed. And that, my friends, is exactly what we are going to do. But first, guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. And here's how. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra functions to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no awkward in-person doctor's visits, there's no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, there's no more awkwardness at all. It's made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for Locked On Dolphins listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it today free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Dolphins. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about, again, coming out of the break, Matt Miller reporting on Friday that the Dolphins have their eyes on using the 18th pick to take an offensive tackle, but potentially, according to one scouts quoted by Matt Miller, don't be surprised if the Dolphins ultimately move up from 5 and from 18. The good news here is that 18 sounds like it's untouchable. We're we're not going to do anything really stupid here. And with a team with as many needs as the Dolphins have, trading 18 as a part of a jump up for a quarterback would classify, yes, as very stupid. But that's not on the table. So let's work through the teams between Miami at 5 and Miami at 18 that loom as big hurdles. Because if the Dolphins are going to make a move for an offensive tackle, 
you have to do that with the objective and goal to be not landing Houston's Josh Jones, who, in my opinion, is a fringe top 50 player. He's got a really high ceiling, but he's got a low floor. He's pretty raw. You're going to have to work with him. The good news is if the Dolphins choose to take that guy, we've seen that they have player development as a key priority for them. They're capable of doing it. I'm encouraged by that. But that's a big jump. I would much rather have a guy who I feel like is a little bit more pro-ready. So the four ideal targets in offensive tackles would be Jedrick Wills from Alabama, who plays right tackle, notable for if the Dolphins choose to take a left-handed quarterback. Tristan Wirfs of Iowa, who is also a right tackle, notable if the Dolphins choose to take a certain quarterback from Iowa, from Alabama. We have Mackay Becton from Louisville, and we have Andrew Thomas from Georgia. Behind the Dolphins, you got two teams right away that could feasibly use an offensive tackle. I don't think they both will, but they both feasibly could. You have the LA Chargers at six. Offensive line is perhaps one of the only ones in the NFL that looks like it's in worse shape than the Dolphins. You have... Carolina Panthers. The Arizona Cardinals are at eight. They just signed DJ Humphreys to a, a contract extension. They appear to be out at least for now. Number nine, Jacksonville Jaguars. They do not need an offensive tackle. They are out. Number 10, the Cleveland Browns. They most definitely do. This was the team that flirted nonstop with the Washington Redskins about trading for Trent Williams to the point in which they already had a first-round pick offered and ready to go. And if it wasn't for some ugly office politics in Washington, that deal would have gone down. Browns are absolutely in the market. The New York Jets at 11 are reported to have desires for an offensive tackle. That's four right there. So if Miami was going to jump, we're already backlogged with potential landing spots. Four from six to 11. Now, from there, 12, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. And kudos to me for calling them Las Vegas on the first try. I promise I didn't edit that. They are set at offensive tackle. The Indianapolis Colts at 13. They could feasibly go with an offensive tackle, but I doubt it in the first round. They need an interior defensive lineman. They need some help with wide receiver. They might need a quarterback. Not looking likely. So we're still at four. 14, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've got pressing issues. They need a quarterback. They need a three-technique defensive tackle. But they could use an offensive tackle. I'm going to mark them down as number five, potentially. Number 15, Denver Broncos. They're getting ready to move on. The, the fans are getting ready, I should say, to move on from Garrett Bowles, former first-round pick underwhelming, one of the most highly penalized offensive tackles in football last year. They got Juwan James, a familiar face over at right tackle, but last year was an odd year, so that means he missed half the season, which has been the case every year he's been in the league. The good news is this year's an even year, so Juwan will play all 16 games, no questions asked. They're probably going to go with wide receiver, peg them for a speed wide receiver at 15. 16. The Atlanta Falcons invested heavily in the offensive line last year, spent two first-round picks on offensive linemen. 
they need defensive end. They're losing Vic Beasley. They can't seem to get Tack McGinley performing at high level. I'd expect them to be out. And 17 is the Dallas Cowboys. They do not need, if anything, they do not need an offensive line. Uh, they might need some more payroll, but that's neither here nor there. So there are five spots between six and 14 that serve as legitimate threats with the messy stretch being 6 and 7 and then 10 and 11. So if you're the Dolphins and you get lucky, you catch a break, and both the Chargers and Panthers don't go with an offensive tackle, which I can't imagine that they will. Quarterback still in question for both of these teams. The Panthers need draft picks. I could see them looking to trade back. You know, if the Indianapolis Colts want to jump up and get Derrick Brown, the interior defensive lineman from Auburn, who would be a great fit for them, you could see a swap there. So that would take care of uh, moving the Panthers back in, out of striking distance. That would mean the Dolphins would have to target either Jacksonville at 9, the Raiders at 12, or at that point, just hold on to your butt and hope for the best, which is never a fun proposition when trying to navigate through the draft, and, and especially on draft weekend. So if Miami wanted to move up from 18, we're going to use the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart, and I'm going to talk through the value of these picks. I'm going to talk through what they're worth, how high Miami could go, and then we'll ultimately decide on whether or not this is something we think the Dolphins could slash should do. And we'll get into that right after this brief pause for sponsor identification. And we are back. I'm Kyle Krabs, the new host of Locked on Dolphins, as I've stated at the top of the show. I'm stoked to be here. You know, Travis did such an awesome job talking intelligently about the Dolphins and team building and football. And there are a lot of great resources out there that can help you learn about this team and help you learn about team building. But that is the part of the opportunity with Locked On Dolphins that when Travis reached out to me and David Locke reached out to me and they expressed their interest for me to take this, that was, in my mind, the number one most exciting thing about this opportunity was the chance to take so many things that Travis did well and put my own spin on them. I cannot promise you you're going to get Travis Wingfield's mes messages or opinions on a daily basis, but you're going to get that same thoughtful, well-thought-out, layered discussion about the Dolphins as far as why things are happening, why you should feel whether they're good or bad. And listen, not perfect. I'm going to tell you that right now. I was a big proponent of the Josh Rosen trade, and I still support the fact that the Dolphins made the Josh Rosen trade because they swung the bat. I was really high on Josh Rosen coming out. And I wanted Josh Rosen to start at the beginning of the season. I thought he had better physical tools at this point in time than Ryan Fitzpatrick, but uh, I, was gro I grossly underestimated Josh Rosen's 
mental capacity to run the offense and, and process information pre-snap and do that successfully because he's an intelligent guy. But he just never had the reps with any of the places that he's been, setting protections and calling. I, and I did not have that piece of the puzzle. So I had somebody ask me when I took the, uh, when I took the job, uh, so somebody said, you know, Kyle's got to take his L on Josh Rosen. Well, first of all, that's dumb because when I did fin it to win it, I did an entire show dedicated to farewell Josh Rosen in which I axed myself. But I say all that to say this. My process was good. My results were not. And that is something I will always promise to give each and every one of you is all the information that I have at the time. You're going to have a good process behind whatever stances are taken. I can't promise I'm going to bat a thousand. Wouldn't that be amazing? But Travis was one of the best at building out the case for this is why you should feel this. And this is how it can go. And to put my own unique spin on that, I'm stoked. So that's why we're going to finish today's show talking about what the Dolphins can do in a hypothetical trade-up from 18, as reported by Bleacher Report's Matt Miller on his Friday weekly NFL scouting notebook. A scout told Matt, don't be surprised if the Dolphins trade up from five for quarterback, presumably Tua, but also from 18 to land an offensive tackle. The two key landing spots that I called out, Jacksonville at nine guarantees you you're going to get one of the three top three offensive tackles because the only teams in front of you that need it are the Chargers and the Panthers, and the Dolphins pick at five. So you go Dolphins pick at five. If they trade it up to three, Detroit doesn't need an offensive tackle either. So you go Chargers, Panthers, Cardinals are out. Potential trade-up spot. That pick, according to the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart, is worth 1,350 points. Not bad, right? Miami's number five pick right now is worth 1,700. So give you a little bit of perspective on what we're dealing with here. So 1,350 points. The Dolphins' 18th pick is worth 900 points. So the Dolphins are looking at a deficit of 450 points if they wanted to trade up. Here's the good news. 39 is worth 510. So if the Dolphins wanted to go from 18 to 9, they could feasibly do it for 39 and, I don't know, 153 or 185. Take one of these mid to late day three picks and throw it in as a throw in. Unfortunately, the math is not going to add up for the Dolphins to come out on the winning side here because they're jumping up. I think the Jaguars would be the team most receptive to trading down if and only if Jeff Akuda and Isaiah Simmons are not there. If those two players are off the board, let's say uh, Akuda goes to the Lions and either the Giants or whoever picks at seven. Man, 
the Isaiah Simmons, if he's there, could axe this potential move. But for the Dolphins' perspective, 18 to 9, and you give up 39 and a day three pick, will put Jacksonville in enough of a surplus that they probably do the deal, provided the player they, they want is not still sitting there on the board. That would give the Dolphins the chance to pick potentially the best of anyone that's not named Jedrick Wills. I anticipate Jedrick Wills, realistic uh, to see him go to the Chargers at six. Uh, Carolina's kind of a wild card. They could draft a, a tackle, but I really don't think it's their their best move. I'd like to see them trade back for their own rebuilding purposes. They're gearing up to have a season like the Dolphins had last year. Fire sale. We're going to rebuild. They're sending letters to the, the fans. Talk about the process. Good luck, Carolina. We're on the other side. We're stronger for it. But that experience still sucked. Miami, if they jumped up to nine, give me for my money, Mackay Becton, the kid from Louisville. He's the one that I would want him to take. But let's say that's a little too rich for your blood, right? So we let Jacksonville pick, say Isaiah Simmons is there, and Jacksonville picks him at nine. Then you have the, the Browns and the Jets. Now all of a sudden you're down to maybe one player left of the top four. You could see Wirfs and Becton come off the board on back-to-back picks. And now you're looking at 12 and 13 as potential spots to make a move. Let's say we want to do business with the LA or Las Vegas Raiders. See, I told you. I guarantee you I will get Raiders wrong and call them the wrong city at least once per show we talk about. If Miami wanted to jump up to 12, the Raiders pick at 12 is worth 1,200 points. And again, 18 is worth 900. So you're talking about a discrepancy here of 300 points. Miami's 56th pick is worth 340 points. So it's enough to cover the difference. Now you gotta, now you got to find a pot sweetener. That might be, uh, again, 153, that early five that the Dolphins have. Or their compensatory pick in the fourth round from the, the Juwan James and free agency scenario is 142. It's worth 35 points. That those two picks combined might be enough to incentivize the Raiders to drop down. They need some wide receiver help. It's a really good wide receiver class. Feasibly, if they dropped from 12 to 18, and the, the Raiders have 19 already, you could see the Raiders still get a chance to maybe not draft CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy. I'd anticipate uh, Judy being in play for the Indianapolis Colts at 13, and not Henry Ruggs, who's probably going to go 15 as the speed, speedy wide receiver to Denver that we talked about when we went through this list initially. But the Vegas Raiders can still get a starting wide receiver with either 18 or 19. And the Dolphins could ensure they get Andrew Thomas in front of teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Denver Broncos. But for me... Ultimately, looking at either one of those two scenarios, that's a hard pill to swallow. It's a really hard pill to swallow to say, we're going to give up a second-round pick to either go to 9 or to go to 12 or 13 
to ensure we get a starting offensive tackle. I think the Dolphins need more picks in the top 100, not less. Right now they've got six. They've got five, 18, 26, 39, 56, and 70. That is Miami's picks in the top 100. Top 100 in this class is deeper than normal. It's got a ton of value. If you're picking at 70, you're going to be getting a guy in a lot of years who's as talented as what you would be getting at somebody between 45 and 50. It's that deep of a class. Really, really promising scenario. And then the running back situation, Miami could feasibly just punt running back to 70. Sign a vet if you want. That's a discussion for another day. If I had to rank in order of desirability, I want to sit tight at 18. I think sitting tight at 18, you've got a realistic chance that Andrew Thomas might get there anyway. And if he's not, then you can put Josh Jones in conversation at 26 people and go from there. I would put trading up with Jacksonville to 9 as more attractive than trading up to 12 or 13 because either way, from a numbers game perspective, it's going to cost you a second-round pick. And we don't want to do that. If we had to do it, let's at least get our money's worth, jump up into the top 10, and get a really, really impressive football player in Mackay Becton. But me and my core, as a draft guy, I want to stay put because I want the picks. I want to have as many picks as possible in the top 100. I hope you guys enjoyed this first experience that we have together in this speed dating, getting to know you phase of a new era of Locked On Dolphins. As a reminder, if you're new to the show, if you miss Travis, I can't bring him back. I'm sorry. But I, my name's Kyle Krabs. I'm the lead editor at USA Today's Dolphins Wire. I'm a senior NFL draft analyst at thedraftnetwork.com. I'm a diehard Dolphins fan, and we're in this thing together. And this offseason is the most important offseason in 20 years for the Miami Dolphins. It's a great time to be alive. These are exciting times. The NFL Combine is this week. We've got a lot to dig into this week. We might finally start to get some more breadcrumbs and clues on what direction the team is going to go. We're going to figure out some vital information about Tua Tunga Viola's hip. Lots of exciting stuff ahead of us. So hit that subscribe button. Come on back and see me tomorrow because I will be back to see all of you and talk about any buzz here in Indy. And we got to talk about what else is on our plate for the course of the next three months in the buildup to the Dolphins roster influx and tell. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked on Dolphins. And I hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow.